Good morning, Hello. everyone. We're here with our mimosas today and uh, welcoming you to another episode of Dose of Unity. Um, I'm Capriana, if you don't remember from all of our other interactions, and... And I'm Diane. Um, and today we're going to be talking about kind of toxic interactions, sort of the us versus them communication that uh, we are all so familiar oh with <laughs> these days. So without further ado, I will let I will let my co-host Diane take it away. Okay, so you know, I think we can all agree that it's just kind of crazy right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's trying to get accurate information, trying to have people actually listen and understand the whys behind stuff. Um, so we're really here to talk about the true heart of unity, right? Mm -hmm. And. Uh, yeah, so a lot of it does relate to communication breakdowns and challenges, and we've got our notes here too, as if you're looking, seeing us look down. Um, and so the other thing too is we're not experts. We're not like, oh, we know everything. Uh, we have done a lot of work in this space. We've listened to lots and lots of people mm -hmm. and uh, understanding that everybody has a perspective. And if you have one situation on something, there's a million different angles as to how somebody can look at that. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're here to help people kind of understand that why behind the uh, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm going to kind of start out this part here, and then I want you to kind of take over yeah. um, with the highlighted notes that you have here. Sure. And uh, so, you know, America is great because we have our amazing freedoms. And I think sometimes people don't quite understand what that means and uh it's a melting pot and so that's a good thing and that we're accepting everybody but at the same token it's kind of tricky because you're trying to make sure everybody has what they need in also taking um into account like the, the different cultures and perspectives mm -hmm. the races the um the gender all that kind of stuff so i'm just going to start a little little history <laughs> Uh, actually, my husband was was when he's got this recited. So cute. He'll just he'll talk about this because I sing it. <laughs> yeah. You from uh -huh. the um, yeah. yeah. You all know this. Yep. I Do you want to start singing? It? No. <laughs> Come on, you have no. a great voice. Thank you. No, but when you when I pulled up the document when we were talking, I was like, <laughs> like I literally started singing it. So yeah. Well, I really I wish you would. You'll all sing along to this. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Can you read this part? So the preamble. What is the preamble? You know, do we remember this? And so that's what we're kind of joke around. Saturday mornings or after school, there used to be a little show that a cartoon would come on. Just like, I'm just a bill sitting at, yep. you know, whatever. Um, so some of the younger people might not know this, but for, you know, and I didn't realize that you still would remember this, but oh, it was Schoolhouse Rock was like. Schoolhouse Rock. The, mm -hmm. Look it up. Schoolhouse Rock. If you're trying to teach your kids some of that stuff. Anyway, do you want to read the preamble? Sure. Uh, which is the introductory statement to our Constitution, just to get a little bit of an understanding of where it all started. Yeah, and we'll go into a little bit more depth about like kind of the goal of this particular mm -hmm. set of words. So, um, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic <laughs> tranquility, uh, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds good, right? I mean that sounds pretty pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> some people listening might be like, "Oh, geez, they're going there." Oh, you know, and that's not our goal here. It's it's um, the reason. So first of all, 
if you look at history, there's a reason all this was developed, the Constitution, in order to um, have everybody have equal um, opportunities um, and um, live free, freely, lots of that. And um, it's, it also shows like it's an attempt to trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. For everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the founding for what we knew. had, mm -hmm. you know, there was a, obviously there's a time of oppression as far as where they came from and why they came here in general. And yes, there's a lot of atrocities that happened in, in coming here and the whole manifest destiny idea of entitlement to this land and all that stuff. We understand there's a lot of like, there's a lot there to unpack and we're not going to unpack that today. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's something that we would both encourage you to seek out for yourself um, to learn about the various things that happened in founding our country. However, the, it's, we're talking about the principle, the idea, um, because we think that that's important. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the preamble goes, the goal of the preamble was to set the stage, um, like Diane said, for our constitution, our freedoms, our rights. Um, and it seeks to communicate the intentions of the founding fathers and the purpose of the constitution. So it's, it's an introduction to the highest law of the land, the constitution. Um, but it, the preamble in of itself isn't the law is really more of like an executive summary um, for the Constitution. It means that our Constitution was written with the intent to guarantee justice, peace, security, and unity uh, for those living under its reach now and into the future, posterity. Um, so that's kind of, that's the goal of, of the Constitution. That's something that is very important when we're discussing unification in, in this country um, is because this is, these are our founding principles. This is we, this is what we want. You, and you can't have those freedoms without some sort of kind of shape, form, otherwise this would be anarchy, and that wasn't the goal either. Yeah, so. yeah, it's to, yeah, we have to kind of figure out, okay, where can we have a starting point to all come together and agree on? You know, they worked really, really hard on this. And again, it was a long, long time ago, a lot of other things going on. Um, so we realized that this could bring us down a rabbit hole, and that's not why we're here. It was kind of to set that stage of, Kind of understanding the, the 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 key you know point and glue that kind of can hold our country together, but um, talking about where divide happens and how the communication breaks down, and so let's discuss that a little bit. Um, where does the communications breakdown happen? All over the place. I think we're all very used to having a conversation with someone who it just it's just not happening the way you think it's going to happen, even if you go in with great intentions. Um, not all of us are confrontational. So it's not all of us are kind of have the skill to deal with these situations when it, it starts to devolve. They just kind um, of melt away. Yep, they're just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe save it. But it, it's important. So by definition, a communication breakdown happens every time a communicator miscommunicates what they are really trying to say and or the hearer misunderstands and misinterprets what's been communicated. So that's just kind of the definition uh like it, uh, what we're talking about. So um, it can be caused by a lot of things. Um, the individual communicating doesn't know or have the full scope of an issue. So you're having two people who think they know something really well. One person might not, or both might mm -hmm. not. And there's just, there's no way you're going to mesh there. Um, the communicator is not ready to listen or actively discuss the issue. And that's just something we have to accept as human beings. You could, you personally could be ready to talk about something or bring something mm -hmm. up that other person might not be in that space and you're True. not going to get through to them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the communicator or communicatee is using personal character attacks to supersede their lack of an empirical argument. I think we see this a lot right now. Oh my goodness. People yeah. who don't, they're at a point where they, again, they don't have the full scope of the issue. They don't know you're using 
facts. Um, they're using anecdotal evidence. There's a feeling element to it. There's a, you know, a, you're detached, you know, it's just, it's a whole thing. So then we started with the character attacks or the personal attacks. Mm -hmm. And that's just mm -hmm. when an argument is done. You, you just, it's really time to drop it once it devolves into well, yeah, that and, sort of thing. And it's like, you it's know, you have to kind of think about their goal, yeah. right? Exactly. I mean, what is your goal? No, exactly. And that's, I think that that's why it's, it's okay to walk away from discussions or debates or whatever arguments when that becomes what is happening because mm -hmm. it's just not productive it's you're not going to go anywhere it's just going to result in hurt mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and that being said um leaning into anecdotal evidence only can be a breakdown for for people because the, you feel really strongly that your lived experience and your feelings are very persuasive and and factual and they mean a lot to you the other person might not really care at all or um, <laughs> might have data that they're looking at because they don't have the lived experience. So they're looking at data and you're mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. again. Um, so in the real world, we have to spend more time gathering real world data and understanding that evidence as opposed to how we feel about it, which is subjective and only the objective is reality. So we can't let our subjective sense of self dictate everything without causing complete social chaos so we our feelings our, our stories everything our lived experience is very important um so i think we need to work on expanding things that we're measuring mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. we can lean more into that and we can say we have evidence to back up what you're feeling mm -hmm. um versus well you feel that way but the data says otherwise well the data might not be complete but but it's important it's mm -hmm. incredibly important because that's how we as humans measure things across all of us and then when it comes to america we really we need statistics like that um data is how we evolved as humans it, it just it is functionally it's how we functionally interact with our our world and unfortunately a lot of people when we do have complete data or more complete data they don't like it they don't like findings new studies they don't it makes them uncomfortable or they just they they don't they don't want to know how or why they don't agree, but you can't not agree. Um, the data is the data, um, and we can insert our feelings after the fact. That's super valid. How you feel about the data, valid. Um, but we have to acknowledge and attempt, again, to expand the tangible things that we can measure, um, as opposed to allowing our feelings to dictate, because we all feel differently about everything. So yeah, we, that, yeah. that's just, we can't operate in those spaces. We can, we can use those spaces. Mm -hmm. um, the data drives everything when it comes to communication and how we interact with our world and society. Well, you know, and it's interesting, you know, the data um, these days, even that word, yeah. you know, has different uh, meanings behind it. And, uh, you know, I, um, my background and the different ways you can spin data and yeah. twist oh, yeah. it, you know, in order to have the outcome or show the outcome you want. And I, and we as know, marketers, like, we, yeah, we, we have use totally. that. Totally you know, understand that. So you yeah. have to be able to look through that as well, which again, mm -hmm. is something that I think um, schools and everybody else really needs to hammer home that critical thinking element mm -hmm. for students, because that's, that's how we're going to be able to be like, well, that's no, well, that's and, not really what that says, you know, or exactly. look into things and how, how it's, you yeah, know, oh, yeah. you're comparing the median to the median versus, you know, exactly. Like, There's yeah. so many different ways. And, and yeah, the critical thinking is, is super important. And, you know, and I say this all the time, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, in our world, each each of us, you know, in our world, in this melting pot of, you know, our whole um, country that we live in, it's, uh, 
you know, we're, we're looking at, again, like you said, our own lived experience without understanding this whole other world out there, you know, apples and, to oranges um, to bananas to watermelons to exactly. So we need some sort of subset of something to like connect mm -hmm. us because we all are so incredibly different. So I yeah, think that, yeah, well, that's, that's important. Yeah. You know, and that's how, you know, with the voting and everything else and mm -hmm. trying to uh, look at the representation of the people and yeah. their wishes. But at the same time, and at the same time, yeah. it's important for us to be educated, though, mm -hmm. as we're voting and make sure that we understand and really do our homework rather than mm -hmm. just do something because we're told to by somebody, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's, again, to understand the whole picture. Yeah. And um, and I think that's the, the first part about communication mm -hmm. and, and breaking down that divide. Yeah, and about what's realistic as well, because I think even when it comes to trying to understand, like you brought up voting a candidate or another person, mm -hmm. it their people don't put out what they don't want you to see, you know. Right. So <laughs> you have to kind of have a better sense of like what's realistic. Mm -hmm. I think as well, um, I mean, as a parent, you know, when my husband and I talk about various things about our kids and and that sort of thing, it's like you we understand that we want the world for them, of course, and we're going to set them up for as much success as we possibly mm -hmm. can, but. You know, it's not realistic for me to say, okay, Reese, you're going to go to college at age 10 because I want you to be a boy genius. Right. You know, like that's mm -hmm. just probably not the most, I would love for that to happen. Probably not going to happen. Probably not very <laughs> realistic, but you know, just those kind of those types of, um, those things, you know, if a, if a candidate says, I'm going to do this, you're like, other candidates in perpetuity have said that, and no one seems to be able to materialize it. So next like, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what else you got? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we're finding too, with the work that we've done is, yeah, who are you going to depend on? Yeah. You know, like trying to work together and help each other out and all of that. That's kind of an, another, um, rabbit hole I realized, but, um, but it, it all needs to be considered, you know, when we're talking about the different, uh, communication and different perspectives. And so <clears throat> I'm going to ask you another question here. So in your opinion, um, and in your professional opinion as well, so how can we ensure all voices are heard and understood? And why is that important? I'm going to wait on the second part of that yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's all you. Um, so this, it seems like it's really, really difficult to do, and it can be difficult to materialize. Like, again, in the world of marketing, consistency can be hard, especially when social, like, change is, like, so chaotic and crazy right now um but the solution when it comes to communication or like interacting with I, I think it's simple it's just stop talking and just listen and don't listen with the intent to respond listen with the intent to relate and find common mm -hmm. ground so someone effective in debate or just people who are good listeners listen um to their counterpart in a way that allows them to empathize or at least like sympathize um with the person that they're talking to and I've spoken to many people that I absolutely disagree with politically, re religiously, otherwise, like, we could not be more opposite. But through, like, our shared humanity, yeah. um, we've been able to see, like, where each other is coming from by finding a, a relational point that we mm -hmm. can hang on to. So I might feel their premise is misguided, um, but we can all take higher ground by acknowledging where that premise mm -hmm. is coming from, whether you agree with it or not. And I understand that there are some fundamental things that people think are absolutely, you know, well, if you feel this way, you're, you advocate for the murder of these people, or if you feel this way, you advocate for, and that might not be where that person's coming from. And I think that that's kind of the important thing when it comes to stop talking and just listen and don't listen with like 
you get these kind of wheels spinning while you're listening to somebody, just listen to them. Just, I, mm-hmm. I assume good intent from most people, whether I agree with them yeah. or not. I would, most people I interact with them and they want good for other people. Um, they just might want good for other people in a different way, or they have a different sense of what is good. But again, we live in a society where everybody's sense of morality and sense of everything is different for everybody. So we do, we need to make sure that we're listening to find common ground because that's the only way we're going to come yeah. together. <laughs> listen, listen with that. Um, assuming that that person has good intent and we, we certainly are familiar with, oh my goodness, with <laughs> how it is with social media and the news, everything. Yeah. It's all about ratings, it's all about clicks and, and all of that. So they're going to highlight the most extreme perspectives and the right. most extreme uh, voices. And what we've learned with the work we've done is, yeah, we do, for the most part, all have good intentions and really want things to go well for everybody. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, obviously, but the most majority of the not. people, well, the majority of the people want good intentions. Oh, yeah. And everybody. most people are not mm-hmm. the extreme, exactly. like at the extreme ends of things, which I think because of our, you know, media, social media, it feels very much again, the point of this is us versus them. It feels mm-hmm. very much like that, whether you're you know, left, right, Christian, not Christian, it doesn't matter. It, it feels like everyone's against you because that's kind of what people are being fed, but that's They're just, the, that's just division. Most, <clears throat> most normal people, like if you go outside and touch grass more regularly, <laughs> more people that you run into aren't just normal people who just want the world to be good, whether they want it for climate change reasons or they want mm-hmm. it for, um, no tax, you know, whatever. People mm-hmm. just want what's best for themselves yeah, and, they and have their reasonings. Their and they have, but so I, you have to listen to those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that you're right. You touch grass. It's an interesting way of putting it. It's a bit of millennial. <laughs> too, yeah. So I'll tell you yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but it's 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 a good point of getting out there. You know, so especially since so many of us just spend a lot of time behind the screen or on the phones. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we're being exposed to. But if we're out in the world. Mm-hmm. And talking to people, and, and every single time that I've gone out into the world, it's like it, you can easily prove wrong the media and what they're feeding. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, it's it's polar opposite. You know, for the most part, unless you're going to something that is already politically charged or whatever it is. But yeah. but you know, when you're spending time uh, with people who you know walk a different walk, and some of the people that we've talked to, I mean. And partner with and the work oh that we've gosh. done it's yeah. like you know we're breaking down in tears because it's like oh my gosh you know there's like a breakthrough because we're we're spending intentional time with people to understand why they feel the way that they do and so let's get into that a little bit more in terms of um so a couple things you know we talked a little bit about um the what gets in the way right mm-hmm. so carrying a little bit further into what we we're just saying, we can't fall into what they say, right? So it's really, that's what it's all about. And so we all know what gossip is, right? A person who is gossiping, this is just a very basic way to yeah. explain it, but if this person's gossiping, what is their goal? You know, I mean, are they insecure themselves? Mm-hmm. They want to gossip about someone else. Are they trying to turn people away from another person to go towards them and follow them, be a leader and be popular, be powerful, whatever it is. You always have to think about that because that is, um, that's, that's what's happening, you know, and we have to consider that source and 
not fall into that trap and, and stop ourselves when we're like, oh, well that, well, that person's this or this group of people are that. We have to stop ourselves and think, why are we saying that? Is that our own personal experience or is that what we're being fed? So, and uh, understanding why they're pitting people against each other. And, uh, you know, the, the what doesn't work is also the blame game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if you're approaching a conversation with like blaming somebody for something, what's that going to do? You know, how do you yeah. feel when somebody's just at you and, you know, in your face about something? I mean, it's <laughs> very easy to get defensive and uh-huh. it, it just, it causes a rift that's unnecessary. Um, I think like as adult human beings, something that we should learn pretty quickly and pretty early on is accountability. I think by and large, we've gone a long, like long, long, long way away from that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because I think that that's, that's key to that. I mean, obviously, just mm-hmm. accountability, <laughs> you know, looking at your own hand and what's going on. True, yeah. true. And we've talked about that in some of our previous um, episodes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, always start by looking at your own self and your own, you know, what you, you're you contributing to the problem, you know. And, and again, you know, I always say, what is the goal? What is the goal? If your goal is truly to make things better for people as a whole, you got to do all the things we're talking about doing and stop the us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that you know, I've been really talking a lot about lately. Um, is the blame game working and the us versus them mentality working? It's it's not. I mean, yes, there has been some movement yeah. of awareness, mm-hmm. and that's really important. I'm not going to say that that has not been um, a piece in all this because it has. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to trying to start working at doing the hard work of the solutions, right? You need to come together uh, with the solutions with more of a let's work together team mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So let's get into a little bit more depth on some of this. And uh, we always hear people talking about systemic changes that are needed. And we're going to dig deeper into this. When I've talked to some some people, they don't quite understand what that means, honestly, unless they've lived it. And so, again, this is not like a blame thing. It's more of a, oh, now I see. You know, when I talk to people about that, they're always like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Because, you know, unless you've, you've been in that person's shoes, you, you really have no idea of the, you know, hitting a brick wall over and over and over and what that means. So... Let's break that down a little bit uh, and help people to understand that. And maybe a part two someday would be like, okay, now what? Like, how? what do you do? What are the steps involved with, with making some of those changes that need to happen? So, and, and sometimes even a small little change can yeah. make a big, huge difference. But if nobody knows about yeah. what the need is, it's challenging. So, um, so let's dig d- deeper. Why don't you kind of carry us through, take us through some of those barriers? Yeah, so I think a lot of, not a lot of people, I think that there's some people who get turned off by the word systemic in and of itself because they, they it's a political dog whistle, um, and they, they're just immediately, you know, like, nope, nope, you're saying that, and that's not, 
but there are there are problems that are systemic. So the systemic in that in the historical or political context is something that's in response to systemic barrier barriers um, in society, such as you know what people, the glass ceiling, wage gap, racial inequity um, in the workplace. There's so many different systems um, that are operating here that that um, people are you know highlighting. Um, and the argument typically is that. Um, the United States systems, you know, the system was designed fundamentally for white, cisgendered, heterosexual men. Uh, so the system needs to be worked, uh, reworked um, in order to better represent or serve our current, more diverse society. So that's kind of just the bird's eye view of uh, what oh, that yeah. is, which, which again is why people in, in certain spaces, I'll say more far, far right spaces, don't like the word systemic because they don't see the challenges. Um, yeah. And same thing on, mm-hmm. yeah, on both sides, there's just like, a fundamental disconnect from people who are like us who are like, no, there's actually things going on that we can fix, you know? (laughs) So, and I think just jumping in real quick, you know, that, that whole blame thing, there are a lot of there, you know, I want to acknowledge there's some, so many good men that are, you know, white men who, who try really hard to do all Mm -hmm. the right things are really good people and they're getting a bad rap um, Mm -hmm. right now. And I know from talking to many of them, you know, they're, they, again, they're good, people. And so it's very difficult for them to figure out how to look at this. And so my response to them is always just for now, just, you know, continue to learn and listen, listen. learn, listen, just to at least understand. But again, if, if, um, if people are attacking or blaming, it makes it so much harder, especially again, when somebody is giving so much to help other people they happen to be a white man, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, it, again, if, if you, if you approach people as if they're part of the solution mm-hmm. and on the same team, they're going to want to jump in and, mm-hmm. and try to help. But as soon as that blame game starts, it, it's hurtful. You know, I've had so many people say they just they just really um, feel very hurt and they just want to dissolve away and just just you know put their nose to the grindstone and ignore it all because anytime they try to broach into um, that conversation, that's how they're made fit to feel. And some people might be like, oh, boo-hoo. Well, you know, again, I'm talking about every every group of people. You can't group people and lump people together because that is where bad things can really happen. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, you know, again, the taking accountability fits into that as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to look at the fact that we're all operating within these systems. Wherever our place is, we all are in these systems mm-hmm. so we all can kind of take accountability for how things are going we can all move together and make change because we can yell at the systems all we want and say this is bad this is bad this is mm-hmm. bad okay so do something about yeah. it you know what are um, those specific recommendations exactly and that's and that's sort of the point of systemic change is actually looking at the system so and i, I don't necessarily agree with um some of the current talking points um or at least the more extreme things. I just, I, I don't deal with that. Um, but I do see the need to observe problems in general as systems. Um, it's sort of like not sticking with symptom management, um, but finding like the root cause of the diagnosis of yeah. uh, what is causing the symptoms and treating that. Yeah. Um, so I do see the value in working in some spaces to rework certain systems that are, are poor, but I do think it's important to preserve um, in doing that, the very core founding idea of this country, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, 
you know, I personally would add one nation under God, but I understand. Um, and I only add that because a functioning free society uh, can really only be productive with a basic shared sense of morality. Mm-hmm. Like, um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's easy to be in the divisive place we're in now and just devolve into chaos and break down every system and rework it to a point where this country is not at all yeah. what it was. And I, I, I see that's kind of where I kind mm-hmm. of jump in and I'm like, that's not productive for anyone. That's not helpful mm-hmm. for anyone. Well, it's been attempted, yes. you know, and it's, it's really hasn't worked at all. And so, it's, yeah, we have to, because we all have to like, mm-hmm. we all need to have that core American life, liberty and the pursuit mm-hmm. of happiness, freedom mentality when we're reworking these systems. Cause we can, what we, what could be very, very easy to do is rework these systems because the people who feel like the system is working against them can then flip the script and yeah. put that system in place to work for them and against other people. Right. That's, that's violently un-American. Either. It's just yeah. not yeah. the point of that unity. Was the, and the, yeah, that yeah. wasn't the initial intention at all. It needs to work for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I totally see problems. I see things that are 100% needed to help other people, other groups in our society who are hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, but to, it's the it's kind of the vengeance point um, that I don't agree with when it comes to systemic change. You know, using the system to right a wrong, um, mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as taking it, using that system against someone else um, mm-hmm. when you felt that it's systemically been against you or historically mm-hmm, been against you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's it, it. Involves a hard look at your own self too, because like for me as like a black person, it's very easy for me to be like, um, you know, Diane now, but I know like. You weren't there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are a wonderful human being. You see me for who I am. I like it's I I could not blame any one person for the wrongs that happened historically. I just I can't. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that moving forward, we I want to take the high ground, if you will, or be mm-hmm. the be the bigger person um and rework systems so that they're they're good for everyone, so that nobody in our future has to go through what like black people, me speaking in general, went through in, in the past or any other group of person that was a group of people that have been oppressed. Like we shouldn't want that for anybody else going into the future. So reworking mm-hmm. these systems with the idea that they work for everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. Well, and, and now more than ever, yeah. you know, in terms of the way it's supposed to be, I realize, mm-hmm. I realize it doesn't, you know, but uh, I guess that is, you know, certainly for, for people who are feeling overwhelmed, um, and, and just looking at it from that lens of, oh, it's all terrible, whatever. It is important to look at how far we have come. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, another example of this is the Me Too movement. It's, it's uh, um, you know, or even like the trafficking, which yeah. we've done. You know, I was talking to a couple of people recently about this subject. And, and they're saying it just feels like there's so much bad. And, and I'd like to re-look at that and think, there's, there's, it's things coming to light. Yep. It's been going on since the history of time, sadly. Yep. And, uh, we're, we're finally, it's, it's coming to light. And, and again, good people are just absolutely outraged about this bad stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, people really do want to, um, make that better for people. And this you is know, people like just your lay people, like your normal mm-hmm. people in society that you would see at your grocery store, whether you agree with them politically or religiously or not, these are the people that you see every day in real normal life. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's a distinct divide um, 
and people are relying a little bit too much on people in power and they're kind of giving up their ability to oh, take yeah. action mm -hmm. um, because they don't feel that they can. So like we want to empower you through this to like you can get out and you can do stuff. You can create change. You're not a lowly person and yes, voting and all of that stuff and getting, you know, the, the good people in office is, is great. Um, but at the same time, power is a really, really, really crazy corrupting mm -hmm. thing, money, all of that stuff. So once you get to a certain level, it's hard to, to feel that, um, you know, you're working for the people, mm -hmm. you're kind of serving yourself and wanting to maintain that stuff. So to empower normal everyday people to, to be the change that they want to see mm -hmm. and to champion that versus relying on other people and tying your own hands because then you lose control. Point. Yeah. So you get out, you do your thing, whatever change you want to see, do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a good point. You know, and I think, you know, we can, again, only just talk about our own experiences here, but like I personally growing up, um, and I know that, you know, being a person that a white person that it does have advantages, but I didn't even know about things that were out there to help. Right. <laughs> it was like, you know, we grew our own garden, you know, so we could eat, you know, just different things. And I think it's interesting because, you know, there's more and more people who are kind of like, where is this country going? Right. Getting back to the basics of, you know, self-dependency. You know, my family grew up in a small little town and, um, you know, my parents have a, you know, hobby farm um, now, but it's like, okay, we'll, we'll trade the, the hay in the field for chickens. I mean, seriously, this is what they've done. And so they laugh about, you know, okay, well, whatever happens, you know, we can live off our land yeah. and we can just trade the chickens for the hay, you know, <laughs> their yeah. neighbors. I mean, but, but they, you know, have fed themselves, you know, or people who are hunters, you know, yeah. like we've talked about that too. Um, you know, they, they will hunt and, you know, that is how they feed their oh, yeah. families, you know? Yeah. So it's as opposed to being dependent on somebody, which my personality type hate being dependent on anybody, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, I don't know why I'm like that. That's just mm -hmm. my personality. But I think that's a good point. I, yeah. I think that's a good point. If people have not really thought about that, mm -hmm. um, it's hard to wrap their head around it and vice versa, you know? So that's if you've where been the barriers come into, because yeah. I know that people are like, feel that, well, I can't do anything or I can't not be dependent because there are systemic barriers against me. Well, there are things it, it's been done before, quite frankly, a million times people really really pull themselves out from the deepest darkest trenches and there are a plethora of resources um now more than ever like i, mm -hmm. I it's oversaturated at this point which is um a, a separate issue that it's not exactly super helpful um but there are a plethora of resources that are not just you know government resources there are people out there who are just you know private groups, private citizens, private organizations that are like, come, come to us. We'll give you, we'll get you where you need to go in your local community versus, mm -hmm. you know, yep, here's some money from this organization. Here's some money because they keep does that really help? You it's know, it's like the feed the fish versus teach right. them how to fish concept. Right. And yes, you need the, you need the uh, fishing pole. I get that, you know, and so it's, there are organizations that will give you the fishing, the fishing pole. pole. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good point. I think that's a good point. I know when, when, when I started with this line of work too, when I was looking into it, I was like, wow, you know, there, there really are options and there, there is a path. I think that's the key. There is a path, um, whether it be like what we're talking about or learning mm -hmm. things as to how you can change something you're in. Um, those of us who are constantly learning and reading and research, 
uh, you'll realize, and, and just talking to people who've done a lot with mentoring too, if you, if you truly have a sincere heart to learn, there are so many amazing people out there who want to help you figure that path out. And everyone I know who has gotten through that, that gone through that path will all look back to say, these are the people who helped me along the way. And I don't care who they are. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's raised with just like a silver spoon. I mean, I know that's also yeah. a, uh, something that's said, you know, that's um, not true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very, very, very small percent of, of people who have had that as opposed to having to um, really change it. You know, like my mm-hmm. family, you know, well, you know, everybody's generation yeah. now, but I remember the stories of, um, my grandma and uh, her mom died at childbirth and um, they were from Italy and they, they were very, very poor, the depression and, um, and then the father died. And so, you know, her brother basically had to go to work at age 11, you know? And so he just worked for scraps, you know, um, to try to feed his sisters. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, everybody has those stories. I think it'd be fun sometime to ask people to kind of share their, their ancestry stories, because when you, when you read them or listen to them, it's like, Oh, wow. Huh. You know, like my other grandma on the other side, she, um, had a really rough time. I think I showed this with you and jumped on a train and ran away, um, cause she was being beaten and a little girl, you know, in, lost her family cause they, a lot of them passed away from a disease, you know? So it's just those, those, interesting stories and I think they're they're helpful for us and for young people too to realize those things are not that wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. I remember when I heard him as a kid I'd be like okay yeah okay um and it felt like a long time ago yeah. and and the older I get the more I'm like oh wow yeah <laughs> it feels more disconnected than it is I mean the history of our country is very brief I mean when you look at other societies our, our we're pretty young on the scene as mm-hmm. we've gone through a lot in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that kind of speaks to our ability to overcome like the, okay. the American sense of like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. And I know that that's a controversial mm-hmm. thing right now, but like it, that's kind of the form and function of what we, what we do as Americans in society mm-hmm. um, is that that's we're hard workers at yeah. our core, we're hard workers. And whether you don't feel that you are, or you can, you are. And like, that's the spirit that we're trying to pass around is we can come together. We can, we have come together mm-hmm. and we can really, we, the people can get the work done. And we, the people can look at the people who are not serving mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and and not helping us and who are serving themselves. And we can say, you have no business, you know, doing mm-hmm. this. Cause this mm-hmm. is the society is a collective. That's mm-hmm. the American sense. That's the American spirit. We're all, we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it, it, and it's changed. Oh, I was talking to another friend uh, from small community, you mm-hmm. know. But we were talking about how oh, you know, the whole if somebody's in the hospital and you come and bring them a meal and okay, how can I help? I'll pick up your prescriptions. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, and um, we've gotten away from that. You know, um, particularly I think in the cities sometimes yeah. we're we're kind of hold help hold up, hold up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know we're. It, it's not so much that front porch kind of, you know, your neighbors. And, uh, um, and I do feel sorry for people who've never had that, you know, some people are like, Oh, I never live in a small town because there's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> True. But, <laughs> but you can, you know, be with your neighbors and have fun things to do out in the backyard. And, um, you know, so it's just, everybody has a different, uh, a different approach, different story. But to your point as Americans, we're called to come together mm-hmm. to, um, to overcome, to overcome, you know, and have that hope. 
too, right? So if you see someone that's struggling, that's kind of, if they, so many people, like we had said, just normal, regular people are so, so ready and willing to help. And I, specifics, like I would be nervous to, if I saw someone on the side of the street with a flat tire for me personally to stop, but I would, I would call someone for them, you know? Um, so I think people are good. We are capable of getting back to a grander sense of community and mm-hmm. for, you know, the people in the city who, cause I grew up in a big city, nobody talks to each other. You don't, it's weird. You smile at someone and it's kind of like, <laughs> what do you need? What do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's, you know, haha, funny cultural things, I guess, regional cultural things. Um, but is it, speaking generally, I think we've kind of isolated ourselves as, as human beings and we need to mm-hmm. start extending more olive branches. I, yeah. I just think that like, to take a hard look at our fellow human and it's important to surround yourself <clears throat> with people who don't necessarily agree with you for that purpose because oh, it, yeah. then it makes it much easier to again see people's humanity see, yeah yeah i know every time every single time i've done that it's like i, I sit and listen and ponder call you sometimes mm-hmm. you know but it's like huh you know you realize too when you hear and spend time in someone's story you get why they feel the way they do and you think to yourself, okay, if I was to put myself in their shoes with the life that, that they've lived, I get it. I get exactly why they feel the way they do, you know? And so, and it's been just lovely when you, mm-hmm. when you do develop that relationship with somebody that you can, you can talk to them and they can look at you more realistically. You can look at them more realistically. Yeah. We're human mm-hmm. beings. We are human beings and we do, um, need each other we're we're designed to want to have relationships with people and uh, the other thing too that's interesting is i i've seen in even in the midst of all the media divide i've seen so much of people stepping up to help other people and uh there are so many you know lonely people that want want relationships with folks they they um you know we have an aging population um that they're lonely, you know, and they, they want people to come and visit and talk to them and mow their lawn or, you know, um, think of them. And, uh, it, it, and it not, it's not just for them, it's for you as well. And you just, uh, feel a lot better. I mean, so anybody's out there that's feeling down or wants to lift themselves up, go and do something for somebody else. And, and, uh, any group of people that's, you know, just because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of kids nowadays, especially since COVID, that feel so isolated, you know, they, from their friends and stuff, but just mm-hmm. from community. You oh know? gosh, that's... And I think of I think of inner city, um, like we had the meeting recently with um, the woman that kind of opened our eyes to that sort of thing, as mm-hmm. far as like uh, young black women specifically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just the the grander sense of providing community for people and giving people an outlet and mentorship and connecting yeah. those dots and those pieces for people. Cause I think that that's, it's really something that can, it's going to help with um, our collective mental health yeah. crisis right now. Cause it's mm-hmm. really, we know how bad it is out there statistically. So yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so let's, let's talk um, about now the, the elements of like, you know, social services and um, some people would call it the bandaid approach and, you know, so we're talking, you know, about the systemic look at things. And, you know, with that, the social services part of it, you know, and again, the band-aid approach, um, there are a lot 
uh, organizations, governmental organizations involved with some challenges that people have in their life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things in, in the research I've done, too, is it's interesting because back back before all of this, the churches were were known for offering the charity to people um, and helping them. And it was relationship-based where um, they'd kind of take care of the whole shebang, mm-hmm. you know, and, and help them. But not just help, but also um, give them opportunities so they can continue and help themselves and go back and help the next person and um, all of that. But so let's let's talk a little bit about the social services and the fragmented or Band-Aid approach. Um, I want you to start with this, and okay. I'll jump in later to some of the things that we've heard and I've heard from um, some of the organizations that we've worked with. But yeah, what do you think? Um, I mean, again, I think it has a lot to do with the symptom management versus diagnosis and treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I, I think we have a lot of resources, like I mentioned, an overwhelming amount of resources. Um, and, you know, a, a, we have a general broad sense um, of understanding on like what is needed um, and where, but I, I think that there's a lot of, there's several different forces causing issues. Um, I think the, the allocation of what, like the resources is a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, throwing, throwing money at problems, um, without changing methodology, I think yeah. is just the wildest thing to me because it, <laughs> it's like the definition of insanity. You, you, do the same things and expect different outcomes. It's just not going to happen. So we need to figure out Mm -hmm. why and where we need to reallocate things so that it does, it does happen. So for something that comes to mind with allocation is the, um, the defund the police thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that when people hear that, they just, it's triggering. I know it's bad marketing. (laughs) Yeah. It's so triggering. Um, but when I look at it, I think that that's a very inflammatory right. statement. I just yeah. think, I think it's also a disingenuous statement. So like, but I, I get it when it comes to allocation. Okay, how can we help community policing be more effective for the community? You know, why are we putting so much on our police officers or like even our teachers? Why are our teachers everyone's parent now? Yeah. Um, why are we relying on these people to do this? Like, no, we need to figure out where else we need to, what we need to bring in, how else we can help um, so that it is effective for our current society. Um, so I think that that's a huge one. Well, and I just want to say too, you know, to, to that point, it's, um, you know, politically speaking, that, that's where we divide, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's a big area and I get it. You know, it's um, trying to, you, they can, some people can spin it to say, oh, these people don't care about the little person or these people, you know, they just want to do this or that. What, what we've learned with the work we've done is, um, again, most people do care. Most people want it to work, though, yeah. right? So it's, again, throwing money at something that's not working and just giving more and more money for something that's not working um, is, is not the answer. But, again, going back to the root and, and listening to the people that you're helping. And I think that's the other part yeah. that I've seen a lot of. It's just um, in some of the focus groups that early on in the work that I've done, um, listening to the people that we're talking, a lot of the people that we're talking about um, supporting and, and helping and giving them opportunities have said, no one's asking me my opinion, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's a problem yeah. because you can't, you can't just tell somebody, okay, this is what you're doing. They have no, in some cases, some people don't have any idea what they even looks like going back to the conversation we've had, we've had recently. Right. If it's, it's, it's almost like a different language. If, if you're supposed to, okay, fill out this form, do this, do that, and do the blah, 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 you know, and 
you can't even drive to get someplace because you don't have transportation or, you know, these are those or you barrier don't know examples. That or you don't know that's happening to you mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that is a resource that you need. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And where are you going to learn that? Um, and, and that's where, you know, from a, like a governmental perspective, mm -hmm. it's really complex. Mm -hmm. um, you have to dig, 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 dig to try to figure it out. And then once you figure it out, you have to jump through all these hoops. Again, we understand um, why there's hoops, but that is a barrier too. But going, you know, into yeah. that. But my point in, in bringing this up again is just like what you said, the, the allocation and um, wanting to get to the core, the root core. So keep going. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, I think a piece of that too, with allocation is like you and I run into is awareness and education just oh, big time. more and more and more and more. I don't think that there's enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a lot of resources, but a lot of people don't know about those or that they need them because mm -hmm. again, awareness. Yeah. Um, and they have to reach out to ask for help too. Right. <laughs> That's like yeah. kind of a side note. It's oh, like there's... there are people who can, again, help you figure mm -hmm. that path out, but you have to be willing to ask. And I think that is well, an issue. You don't know what you don't know. You don't yeah. know what you don't know. And, uh, but it's kind of like, starting somewhere and that's intimidating oh, you yeah. know like you don't know where to start and um but if you at least let someone in yeah. and and ask questions that's a good starting point yeah. but put yourself out there because there are people who will help you mm -hmm. figure that path out but okay keep going okay yes we can go on like several side uh -huh. roads um <laughs> we said we were gonna go any rabbit holes okay uh greed period, I think is, you know, a huge thing. We see a lot of um, stealing from the pot of, of, of certain people, and I am not okay with that at all. Um, every time I see, like, these, like, little things come out about, oh, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that with this money, I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, that's the worst travesty to me. If you're comfortable exploiting a group of people or people who are in need for your own, I, that doesn't sit well with me. So, um, I think that that's unfortunately something that does go on way too much in American society. Um, but again, that, that stems from the fact that we have a plethora of resources. So people feel entitled to those resources, whether they actually need them or not. And I think that that's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that is, I mean, that not to go down a rabbit hole, yeah. but I mean, it's, we, we do have a responsibility, yeah. you know, those people who, who have, I mean, like in the church, we have to tithe, you know, I mean, giving back, you know, it's, it's, uh, in my personal life, it, that has, that has worked well. You have to be responsible with the money you have. So if you have people who are greedy and they want to keep all their money and not give to charity or whatever it is, um, it's not helping anybody, right? Or they and, are charities uh, or social services themselves. And they're taking from that pot of money, which obviously yeah. we know in certain circumstances is just completely illegal. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But it seems to happen um, like yeah. way too much. And we don't hear about certain things because people have connections and it's mm -hmm. the connections are also doing it. Yeah. So no well, one's going to rat on anyone else, but it, yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, it, it harms the people who actually need the resources. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it's, um, it's, it's interesting too, because a lot of people feel justified to do sure. whatever they're doing on all sorts of, you know, sure. all different angles. And, and it comes down to, again, that moral code of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I hear that a lot. People feel justified to do certain things, but that's not in the ultimate grand scheme of things going to get you anywhere. And it doesn't feel good, you know. Um, you know, so I've been, my background includes sales, for example. And uh, that was earlier, you know, in my career. And it's like, okay, you can have integrity and be honest about 
about everything and, and you know, what goes around comes around, or if you are dishonest, it bites you in the butt eventually, you know? So, and it doesn't feel good. You want to be able to sleep, sleep well at night and have, you know, understand that you um, are making the best choices you can. And so, Nobody but yeah, burden. yeah, exactly. We actually human beings, we don't, we don't do well with that. And I think that anybody who would try and argue against that is just not being truthful, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my last thing that I, I had um, was just too many cooks in the kitchen. I think there's mm-hmm. way too many organizations and not enough streamlining of those organizations. I know that like for certain people going through different systems, it feels like the cycle's not complete for them. Right. So they start one place and then, okay, there's a gap here. So they have to figure this out in order to get to this next step. And they just fall through that crack. <laughs> exactly. And they, this, so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, um, what's the word, like duplicates. There's a lot of like redundancy mm-hmm. when it comes to these resources. Mm-hmm. So I think we could do better about figuring out where those cracks are, where those gaps are mm-hmm. and bridging them, somehow figuring out organizations, like how we can take this organization and this organization, bring them together so that people have a, some sort of um, path of progression that they have mm-hmm. marked things that they can do. Um, I think that that's something that's that's hugely missing. I think a lot yeah. of people are passionate about certain issues. Mm-hmm. And so we have organizations dedicated to these issues and, you know, these one-off kind of like mm-hmm. hunger, homelessness, and that's mm-hmm. great. Um, but we don't have a lot of organizations, too many organizations that deal with reintegration with like healthy dietary habits and like how to cook at home and what's expensive mm-hmm. and couponing or like, cause those things are very privatized. You know, my mom takes couponing classes. She has taken couponing classes and stuff, but like <laughs> fairly you have to pay for it. And that's maybe just knowledge that people should have. And I understand like, capitalizing on certain things if you're good at them and that's kind of great business for you personally um but i think those resources should exist too for people who don't have the funding to be able to pay for private classes for certain things mm-hmm. you know cooking mm-hmm. classes or just how basically to take care of themselves in that way because you know mm-hmm. we, by and large i don't know if they have home ec in school anymore i took it i found it useful um Oh yeah, just like, well, taxes, and that's the thing, you know, like how to file your we taxes. keep saying the life skills, yeah. you know, yeah, like the taxes so and stuff like that. There's a lot of organizations that work on these big problems, which is wonderful, but there's kind of little nuanced things that are very, very, very important to like a human being actually mm-hmm. taking that help mm-hmm. and then going home or wherever they need to go and doing it and applying it consistently. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the idea of, you know, teaching someone how to fish instead of just mm-hmm. you know, handing them. Well, yeah, and you talked about the streamlining, streamlining, and you know all the different organizations. I mean, there are so many nonprofits, yeah. and uh, so with our history and our work, we try to encourage when there's a, you know based on a certain issue, organizations that work in that same space to work together, mm-hmm. share ideas with each other, possibly merge together. There's mm-hmm. some that have done that. Um, one example I can think of um, a few years ago was relating to mentoring um, and we got every all the organizations in a room to share about what they each do mm-hmm. where they're falling short um, where they can pick up so we were encouraging passing the the baton so if you have um, you know the this organization helping uh, with young children and then from there making sure that there's that baton that's passed and with the transition in introduction introducing them into um the next age you know category of of supporting somebody and uh and to your point you know if you have 
homelessness and housing. And I think there is more of that going around, um, going on in terms of working together. And that is just imperative. Yes. But the, again, to your point, the more you can do that, um, the more efficient it is, the better it is. It's going to be more successful, you know. Yeah. Well, even just like things you don't think about. I've seen a lot of um, organizations, at least locally, popping up that have to do with um, reproductive health. So I've, there's like a new um, babies and moms thing by my parents' house that's just a resource center for people who are new parents or who are pregnant mm -hmm. and who don't, who are like scared because they don't have diapers or formula, mm -hmm. they don't know where to get stuff, they don't know what's, what they can, what assistance they can sign up for, and this is just yeah. a center that's like, yeah, we'll help you, come on in for free. Yeah. Um, or there's um, organizations that have to do with, they just give menstrual products to people who need them, or organizations mm -hmm. or shelters who need them, because mm -hmm. it's not something you think about, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are starting to fill in those gaps, but I think from a, a bigger sense, um, that needs to happen more i'd love to see like more partnerships more bridging because mm -hmm. um, there are when it comes to social services at least and there are gaps and obviously government is hard because there's red tape there's mm -hmm. i can't imagine how hard it is to try and rework um some of those and then there's also just not enough people i mean i think that like the foster care system is something that like we've mm -hmm. talked mm -hmm. about and stuff that we've you know kind of in some of those um um so, so social workers, like their caseloads, I get, it's, mm -hmm. it's so, so, so heavy. And I can't imagine how difficult it is and, and how hard it is to actually help or get to a kid that might really, really, really need help because you have 60 other kids who are in the same situation. Yeah, so that, that is so sad. Well, expanding and, those mm -hmm. sorts of things, looking into reworking and prioritizing, I think too, is like a big thing. We need to figure out kind of where we need to, to start. Cause I think you have a lot of hands doing a lot of things, but if we can be like, okay, mm -hmm. These are the things that are happening that are absolutely critical and, you know, should have been done yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's, we need these hands for this, these hands for this. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, you know, and it, one of the things um, that this reminds me of too is earlier on when we were talking about somebody taking charge of their life and making a difference and whatever, there have been so many great people filling those gaps, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, with the foster care system, with uh, um, an organization we visited recently, it was just a couple of women that are like, oh, okay, so these poor kids are going to a foster care environment mm -hmm. with the clothes on their back, you know? So they decided to um, talk to a bunch of people about donating a bunch of clothes so these kids can go shopping in this closet. It's called Luke's Closet. And so those types of things, it's just a couple of women who thought, hey, let's do this. Worked with the church in that case. And I think that's you know, the red tape versus the non-red tape, you know, yeah. but that is a nice thing about churches is there's less red tape usually. And um, they're trying to do something that aligns with what they're the trying to do, system. you know, and so um, so they can just do it. <laughs> I think that's that's the important part of it. And I've seen that so yeah. much. And so more much. private citizens being empowered. I really, mm -hmm. I think that that's important because like we, we were talking about social service. I, I think we need to be more empowered to stop relying so much on people who have so many hoops to jump through because that's mm -hmm. if you need help you need it now you know exactly. you, you can't be on a waiting list for 10 weeks to get i know, you know whatever and, that, it is. and that's a good point that's yeah. a good point and it also reminds me too of uh the pantries yeah. so during covid there was uh and i don't know if this is something that a lot of people do across the nation but there was a police officer who's also works in mental mm -hmm. health 
she just put a pantry in her front yard <laughs> and um it's kind of like a little library concept but it was food and so people can can come drop off food they can pick up food um, there was another organization that they could see that some people didn't have the transportation or they were stuck at home with their yep. child and so they couldn't um, get out to um, pick up food or whatever so they started to do um volunteers to just drop off the food. I mean, so it's just like there was a need, they fixed it. They, you know, it's just the solutions, you know, and uh, I think that's the other thing is anybody listening to this, if they can think of, of a, some type of gap that, that they see as an issue because they're spending time maybe with people and they're learning about this, do something about it. You know, if you're working full time, you can still maybe do some coordination, send some emails saying, Hey, let's, let's do this. Um, I've seen, you know, so many circumstances mm -hmm. of, I mean, we've, we've seen the GoFundMe pages yeah. and things like that. That's an oh, example yeah. of something very simple. So maybe you just get online and, and do that and make such a difference. You yeah. know, there's another um, organization. Um, sorry, is it crowdsourcing, crowdfunding? But yes, yeah. this mm -hmm. concept is yeah. very mm -hmm. similar, yeah. like social crowdfunding. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, um, and there's another organization. I'm just throwing these out because maybe somebody like, oh, yeah, but they're, um, there's another woman, just a woman, who to, knew of somebody who was going through domestic um, abuse situation. She escaped from that situation with nothing. And she was trying to help, you know, get the housing. But then she was telling everybody, hey, she needs a bed, she needs this, she needs that. Yeah. And um, they had everything because people want to help if, if they're aware of it, <laughs> right, going back to the awareness. So. Um, there is a way that any one of us can make a difference if we just see a problem, try to research how we can solve it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even just passing an email along. Like if you know somebody mm -hmm. who's like, oh, this person works here. Mm -hmm. Just how about you, you, you get, in talk, get in contact with this person, you know, see what, see what's mm -hmm. up there. Because mm -hmm. that's, I know that you do a ton of that when it comes to connecting people. Like, okay, you have this need. Let's, let's figure out who in your, your, your circle might mm -hmm. be able to, um, to help you, which is why I think going outside and getting involved in the community and talking to real mm -hmm. people is good because you never know who you're going to meet. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I've met so many just random, incredible people who I now am connected with. Just, I spend my life in the grocery store because I'm a parent um, <laughs> of two boys who eat everything. Oh, that's going to get even more so, right? <laughs> that's why we have a Costco membership. But I spend a lot of time at Costco and oh, various yeah. grocery stores. Um, and I've met like the coolest people. I've met, um, people who own uh, certain businesses that are locally that I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. I've, I've, I've done that more times than I can count. So like mm -hmm. going out and starting to connect with fellow people um, and kind of unlearning the, the common thought that, you know, everyone is out for themselves and everyone out, everyone's out to get me. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause that's more often than not, not the case. It's what, people want us to think obviously because mm -hmm. it keeps us um docile if you will and keeps us giving other people power over True. what you know we we can do to help ourselves in society mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i think we get out and we yeah. <laughs> fight the man <laughs> it's kind of just like yeah we the people need to kind of we, we do it for ourselves now because it's it's not happening and there's yeah, so many yeah. people well, who and... really 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 want to and yeah, i'm one exactly. of those people yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, this has been, um, 
good conversation. Yeah. And, you know, and if, if anybody's listening again or watching, you just think about, think about that and how you can get involved. And to your point about, you know, when you do, do meet different people, it's amazing too. Like if you do meet a, a business, like, Oh, you know, Hey, we, there's this family who, whatever, can you help them out? And, um, nine times out of 10, they're like, Oh my gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. Here's some gift cards or whatever it is. Um, but if there's that person who's willing to kind of go to bat for that person who doesn't have that opportunity, you know, that's another way you can help out. So we'll um, probably do a part two, maybe at yeah, some point, go into a lot more deeper, information. But yeah. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you, you know, have resources you want to share or gaps that you see that you want to share, drop it in the comments, let us know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. See ya.